in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up and part of The Morning Chalk Up Podcast Network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles. You can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mark Your Jump Rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and me, you may be our next winner. Thanks. Okay, can we talk about the most delicious protein bars ever made? They have 20 grams of protein, no added sugar. The macros are phenomenal, like 200 calories. They are delicious, like a treat. Can't believe that the macros are the way they are and that the nutrients are what they are because they taste like a candy bar. Um, and I know my candy bars pretty well. I'm like a Snickers type of person. There's no aftertaste. They have so many flavors to choose from. If you don't, if you're not a fan of the caramel cashew, they've got salty peanut. They have a hazelnut nougat. They've got a chocolate dough, a crispy fudge, um, cookies and cream, white chocolate almond. They're all delicious, but check them out at bearbells.com and uh, try some for yourself. You won't be sorry. They're delicious. Totally awesome. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and I am the Clydesdale. We like to do fitness and this is my friend, Kelsey Keel. Hello. Um, longtime CrossFitter, current bobsledder, former soccer player. Yes, that's true. So the, I want to start off with, I was talking to Justin Cutler this morning. Oh. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to talk to Kelsey this afternoon. What is a good question that I could ask her. And he said, first of all, every time we FaceTime, my son Jack's lights up. True. And so you, true. you have a special relationship with Jack's? He it well, we joke, Ashley, Justin's wife, and I joke that Jax is my boyfriend. So we uh we have a special little bond. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing he said is just ask her about her dog. Mm, who I'm staring at right now because he's being a little naughty, but yes. And is his full name Oliver Squishface? Something like that. Yes. 
He was dubbed that when I first got him um, just because of that squishy face of his. But yes, Oliver, my baby. And he is a? He is a French bulldog. Let me grab him really fast. He just went to lay down. He is so cute. He is a good boy. He's all tired because he was just at the gym with me running around. So very nice. I I, I love the stuff on Instagram with him. Um, <laughs> he he's he's like a little diva. He is. He really is. Yeah. More so than me. <laughs> so how long have you had him? I got him about two and a half, a little less than two and a half years ago. He just turned three in um, in April. And so it must have been nice to have him during the COVID quarantine. It was the best. He, he um, I think, developed more separation anxiety, though, than ever. Every time that I, this pa these past six months with bobsledding has been a whirlwind, and he stayed with my mom for a lot of it. And I think that his anxiety has gotten, like, gone crazy. You can see he just, like, the close he, closest he can be to me the better. Yeah. We just got a puppy. Uh, he's like 13 weeks old. Oh, what kind? So the it's like a Yorkie mixed with a, maybe a Shih Tzu, maybe Chihuahua. Oh but God. right now his coloring, he makes him look like a mini Rottweiler, like a six pound Rottweiler. I love that. I love that. And he wants to be like inside me. Yeah, literally. <laughs> All Dog the time. Like so his name is Walter, Walter White for, from Breaking Bad. Oh, I Bad. love that. <laughs> yeah. See, the, this is his um, happy place in my arms like this. We'll fall right asleep. <laughs> that is, it's just like having a baby. Like he's just nestles in. He's nestled. He's good. Yeah. So you grew up in Chicago or not grew I, up in Chicago, um, born in Chicago. Born in Chicago. Yes. I, um, my family lived out there until I was about eight years old. And then, um, we moved, um, east to the Philadelphia area. We, I grew up in like the, like a Northeast Philly suburb. Okay. Yes. Very small town. Um, went to high school there. And then after I graduated high school, that's when I first, first left Pennsylvania. <laughs> so I grew up in Pennsylvania as well, but on the other side, just North of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So, um, and I was a swimmer growing mm. up. So we, we would go to Philly for our competitions. Okay. So that was always <laughs> just a long drive. I remember, but, um, it's so wide. It's so hard. <laughs> so then you, you played soccer through high school mm -hmm. I and, did. Then, and then you went to college in Elmira, New York. I did. Yes. You've done your homework. Elmira is a very small, small little town in like, upstate western new york if i say upstate new york to upstate new yorkers they're like it's not upstate new york but to me in philadelphia it was upstate new york but more western um about an hour from like the ithaca area yeah my my aunt lives nowhere near a city in in that part of new york um and so i actually am familiar with them i think we drove through it to go oh, to, wow. to my aunt's house growing up um so yeah, I am a little bit familiar with it. So you played college soccer for four years. I did, yes. And how was that? 
It was an experience. Elmira College is just its own, like its own thing. It's a small, small school. So I went from a very small high school to a very small college, liberal, liberal arts college. Um, And you're required to live on campus all four years. So it was like, when I say small, like we all, everyone knew each other. If you didn't, you just kind of like recognized everyone. Um, big party school, lots of drinking. I, I kind of joke and say that like the soccer team was a better drinking team than a soccer team. <laughs> we were just like, we were really good at drinking. Um, it was kind of a cool setup how Elmira does their, um, their they have trimesters. So we would have two 12 week long um, trimesters with finals at the end. And then we would have what was called third term. And it was in the spring and it was six weeks long and there was no like finals week. So it was like, that's where you got a lot of your fun classes, your electives, your, I did <laughs> my sophomore year, I did outdoor adventure where I learned how to do things in the outdoors. And then at the end of um, class at the end of the six weeks, I think like, so like five-ish weeks in, we went, um, to the Virgin Islands and like camped and (laughs) snorkeled. And so, you know, really like fun, fun classes. I was totally picturing the woods in New York, not the Virgin Islands. We went to the Virgin Islands. It was, it was not really like a true outdoor adventure. I would say it was fun. It was an adventure, but not like wilderness kind of thing. So, so answer me this. You have always stated that running is not your favorite part of fitness. (laughs) Yet you were a soccer player for years and that's all you do in soccer. That is a question that I get pretty often about like, well, you were a soccer player. How can you hate running? But I was a forward, um, which I ran sideways. I was like, it would sprint across the field. I never had to run too much up and down. Um, so like shorter sprints were always my stronger suit, not the two mile time trial test. (laughs) You don't want to know. Um, but like the 300 meter shuttle I was great at, (laughs) um, Yeah. I just never loved the long distance running. Um, I also was like a larger, I've my whole life, I've been a larger athlete and on the soccer field, I could shoot from pretty far out. My, I could take a corner kick on either side. I have a few collegiate goals from off of corner kicks. And, um, I think my, one of my first collegiate goals was, a. um, like 40 yards out. Like I, I could kick the ball from far out and I was kind of like a, a force in the box. So if someone else was taking a corner kick, uh, I have, you know, a few header goals as well. So that was like being a bigger athlete. That was, those were my strong suits and kind of being an enforcer on the field. I slide tackling was my thing. Like I, I didn't like when people mess with my, my teammates. So just like, I, I always say I was kind of like a, a mediocre soccer player, but I think to this day, something that served me well is that I will work harder than anyone else. Not, I don't like saying that anyone else, but I'm a hard worker. People might outskill me. People frequently outskill me, but I'll work 
pretty damn hard. <laughs> so you graduated. First of all, I want to say, you know, one of the attractions to have you on was that, you know, we are the Clydesdale. I am the Clydesdale. And it's about, I love bigger athletes. Yes. You know, um, that's what I fight with um, every day in the gym, not, you know, being bigger than everyone else. And so um, you've been on my wish list for a year. <laughs> <laughs> So in 2009, you graduated from college. I did. And you coached both youth and collegiate soccer players. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was like a, I knew I didn't want to be done with soccer. So I, um, I started coaching at Rosemont College, which is a smaller school in the Philadelphia area and was an assistant for them. And then um, I had a team of like, little eight-year-old girls and that was fun um that was crazy but that was fun um and then I was playing like in a couple different pickup adult soccer leagues so I was still dabbling in soccer I had studied business in school and I I uh, concentrated in marketing and I really liked marketing I liked um kind of that creative side but and and I I felt like I could be good at social media marketing. Um, Elmira didn't have like a specialized marketing um, path or anything, but I took enough marketing electives that I, in a, at a different school, it would have been a marketing major. Um, I still, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do like career-wise. Um, and that was before CrossFit was even on my radar. So I was coaching soccer. I had like a like a big kid job at a small, um, small company that I was working for in Philadelphia, but that was it. <laughs> well, I think, I think the proof of concept on your marketing has worked well. Your social media game is pretty tight. <laughs> I am, um, very selective with my social media. It might not seem that way sometimes, but I am pretty selective. I'm pretty picky about what I what I post. <laughs> so then I read that you suffered an injury and that's how you found CrossFit. Yeah. So I, um, let's see, I was playing in an adult league and it was actually the night before the very first day at, at my big girl job, um, that I go and I'm, I'm playing and, uh, I, a girl came in for a tackle a little bit too high and she got my ankle and I went down and I went to the ER and I had a broken ankle. So that was actually the first time, um, I never, I luckily never like pulled an ACL or torn ACL or anything like that in college or high school or anything. Um, some twisted ankles and like strained quads and that type of thing, but never anything like on crutches sidelined. So, um, that was, that was interesting. That was, a that was a whirlwind of a time because I, was totally just totally sidelined. My mom had to drive me everywhere. I um, was trying to start this new job, but just, it was crazy. Um, and that kind of, it took me out of the gym, obviously. I mean, I wasn't really in a gym per se. I was on the soccer field and kind of at Planet Fitness type of deal. Um, but then my sister who is in the Navy, she was stationed in Africa. And if you talk to anyone in the Navy who's been stationed in Djibouti, Africa, 
they say there's nothing to do. So what she did was she would go to work and she would go to CrossFit. So that was like, she was there for a year and she picked up CrossFit and she loved it. Um, and right as I was getting off my crutches and, um, getting kind of back, back to planet fitness and that kind of thing. Um, she came, she was, came home and asked me to come to a CrossFit class with her. There was a gym in the suburb that I grew up in that a, a guy from our high school that we went to high school with opened it across the gym. And, um, she's like, just come. I'm like, Ugh, fine. I used to like talk so much smack on CrossFit and like, fine, I'll go. Um, and I went and I was so horrible. Like it was Helen. I was stopping and like huffing and puffing on the 400 meter run. I was doing two green bands for the pull-ups, the lightest kettlebell you'll ever see. Like I was awful. I was annoyed that Terry was, my sister was beating me. It was just like a hot mess. Um, but that was kind of that like relit that competitive drive in me a little bit. And I was like, okay, I want to come back so that I don't suck as bad. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I started CrossFit at nearly 500 pounds. Wow. And my first workout was Murph. <laughs> I no, no. <laughs> yeah. So super scaled. And then 18 <laughs> months later, I did it RX. And on my last mile run, I just started bawling in the oh, parking lot. That's amazing. 18 months. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went from, I went from a little over 500 pounds to 260 in that amount of time. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, it's been a, oh, it's okay. That's, that's okay. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so you finally get hooked. Yeah. And you decide, and then you become competitive like a year later. Well, yeah. So it, it like was kind of like a slow burn at first. It was, I was going to the CrossFit gym in the suburbs and I was, I couldn't really afford a full membership. So I'd go every once in a while. I loved it. I loved, especially the lifting. Like I was just all in. And then, so I, I do like the three times a week type of deal. And then I actually ended up moving into the city of Philly and when I moved out of my parents' house and into my own place that I was paying rent, I all of a sudden realized that like the magical fridge that my mom just fills, <laughs> that's not a thing when you live on your own. So I was living with a couple girls and that was when like rent and utilities and food and all that started hitting even harder. So I'm like, I can't afford CrossFit right now. Um, so I took, I took a break and that was in 20... 14. And then I was like going on a run or something. I know I was going on a run. Who was I? <laughs> but I like, I passed a gym right in, um, North or, uh, Fishtown and it's a neighborhood in Philadelphia. And, um, I just kept seeing the sign. I kept driving by it and being like, okay, I need to go check this gym out. And so one day I went and I checked it out and, I was just like, I gotta, I gotta get back into it. So I started getting back into it and, um, again, could only really afford the three days a week membership. And then I started talking to the owner about potentially like trading, cleaning the gym for my membership. Cause I couldn't really afford it. So I did that for a little bit. 
And then um, the gym also had a, um, a like a boot camp part that you know didn't use barbells and that type of thing. And so I asked if I could coach the boot camp in exchange for membership. So I started doing that. Um, and then I was like, okay, maybe I should get my L1. So I started trying to save for that. Um, and it just kind of started snowballing a little bit. Um, I still was not really in the headspace of like being more really serious about it. Like I, I was still partying and drinking a lot. I was eating whatever I wanted to eat. I was, um, kind of like justifying my one habit by going to CrossFit, that kind of thing. Um, been there. And it wasn't until the open of 2015, 2015. Yeah. That was when Dave Castro programmed the one rep max clean and jerk after the, um, gymnastics stuff. And so I did that workout and I did it. I did it twice, actually. I'm pretty sure. And, um, after all the scores were in, I got like 2000th on the first one, like not good. And then on the second part, I got second in my region for my clean and jerk. And I was like, what the heck? Okay. And it didn't feel like this, like max effort clean and jerk, which was pretty cool. And I'm like, all right, maybe if I can figure out some of the other stuff, like I know that strengths there, maybe if I can like get fit, (laughs) maybe I could like go to regionals. That was my goal. Like, okay, maybe I can go to regionals. So in the, in like May of 2015, I did like an individual competition, just like a local one, nothing crazy. Um, and I got, I like won it. And that was when like, I had just gotten my muscle up and like, just things like that. And so I told myself after that competition, I was like, okay, let's just, let's just give this a shot. And so I started, I hired um, my now boss to be my nutrition coach Um, I started, you know, really reeling in the nutrition stuff and I started looking into other gyms. Um, one of my favorite quotes to this day is if you're the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I can put that into like every aspect of my life. And so there it was like, if you're the fittest or the strongest in the room, you're in the wrong room. So I, I wanted to surround myself with athletes that were better than me. And that's kind of what, and I was kind of looking for potentially like a personalized coach, which I didn't even know what that would look like at the time. Um, And so I switched gyms actually. And I just started surrounding myself with people that were better at things than I was. And um, that kind of, that opened up doors that turned into the whirlwind of the 2016 season. yeah. Is that when you went to Parallax? Yep. Yeah. So because I switched gyms, um, I met some people who then knew people who knew Rachel Goldenberg, who owns um, CrossFit Parallax. And um, I then also happened to be going on vacation. My mom got a beach house in Ocean City. So I was like, oh, this is near Parallax. Like maybe I'll, I'll drop in. And so like just all these doors started opening where um, you know, I, I went and I met Rachel and it was actually the very first workout that I did at, um, parallax was, um, also the first day that I met Rachel and the first day that I met Kelly, who were both who turned into my teammates. Um, 
didn't know them at all. I was intimidated by them at just crazy intimidated. And we all did a workout and I went and I ate lunch with the guy who had said like, Oh, just come to parallax. Like he was kind of like trying to set this team up. And I went to lunch with him and another guy who actually happened to be on the team as well. And he was like, yeah, you'll, you'll come down. We'll go team. It'll be great. Like you're the strong one. We got like, they're like setting this whole thing up. And at the time I'm living in Philly, I'm like, there is no way I am driving all the way down to Claremont, New Jersey to get, you know, you had to have over 50% of your training sessions at the gym and blah, blah, blah. So, um, I was like, there's no way. And then I started hanging out with Rachel and training with Rachel more. And it was a couple weeks later and I had gone down to parallax for the weekend. She was letting me stay on her couch and we trained and it was fun. And we all sat down. There's a bunch of us sitting down and Rachel's like, all right, guys. So, so we're going to do this. We're going to try to go team. And when Rachel said, it, I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. <laughs> it was like when the guys tried to set it up over the summer, I was like, nah. And then it turned into this just wild ride of a season. I was still living in Philly. Kelly was living in Philly. We both had, she, she's a teacher. I had a full-time, like I would say nine to five, but it was more like eight to seven job. Like we were working full-time and then we would hop in, a, in our car, we would carpool Kelly and I down on a Friday night. We would get a training session in like 7.30 PM on Friday at Parallax, record it, take a selfie so that CrossFit had proof that we were there. Then we would stay with Rachel. We would train on Saturday. We would have a team session. And then on Sunday, we would have another team session and we'd drive back Sunday night. <laughs> That's crazy. It was insane. <laughs> we, we had Kelly on the show probably uh, a year ago. Okay. Um, she is one of my favorite guests ever. <laughs> we, we call her like the biggest surprise because we did a ton of research, but then we learned so much about her in that hour. Like she just, she's just amazing. She's one of the best. There's no one like her. That's what yeah. I <laughs> And and she's so unapologetic too. Like about oh, yeah. and it's awesome. I love it. And then I become friends with Dex Hopkins too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that connection as well. And I hear stories from him about her. And but oh, yeah. she talked about like the best time in her life was when you guys did Wadapalooza as a three-person team. Oh man, yeah. Well, I've done Wadapalooza with her now. Uh, when there was three person, I think we've done it three times together. So fun. Yeah. She was so bummed that they got rid of the three person team. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. So you, you go team on parallax. Yep. Then in 17, you try to go individual at regionals. Yeah. I had moved out West. Um, my boss, mentor, nutrition coach, all of the above. Um, she lives in Reno, Nevada. So I moved out there to kind of um, like learn how to be a nutrition coach under her and just study all things nutrition. And it mm. happened that I also wanted to still pursue CrossFit. And so that's what I did. I tried to do the individual thing for a second. <laughs> and that's Black Iron Nutrition and you're still with them? Yes. Yes. When I moved out there in 2016, we were I mean, it was just Chrissy and I, we brought on Ashley Beaver, um, as a coach, oh, my mom had to walk in. I'm sorry. 
Mom, hey. I'm on a podcast just to tell you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And then so we built the company up from like probably 50 clients. And now we have almost 2,000. And we have like, I can't, I don't even, I honestly, I should maybe know this. But I don't even know how many coaches we have now. Wow. Over 15. It's crazy. That's crazy. So you do regionals in 17. Yeah. Uh, that was the one that Dave Castro, it's like he knew that I was trying to go individual <laughs> and he decided not to put a barbell in regionals. It was awful. Like, I threw myself a 24 hour pity party. I was so mad. But then I went in and I was like, okay, my goal is just to not get last. And I didn't. It was pretty great. <laughs> We're going to take a short break from our interview to tell you about our newest sponsor, Up Before You Coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, we are so excited about the sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. So then what took you to Boston? That is a great question. Um, so I, the West Coast was uh, an adventure. And I was ready to move back east. Um, and I had a few friends in Boston, one of which I had chatted with him about um, potentially being on the Boston Iron, the grid league team. Um, and the owner of the Boston Iron also owns what at the time was Reebok CrossFit Back Bay and then also CrossFit Fenway. So he owned those gyms. And so I got connected with him. I had known him because when I was on Parallax, we went up to Boston and trained with them once actually. Um, so I knew who he was, but I didn't really know him that well. Um, and I just started kind of talking to him, talking to him a little bit about the grid because he also, you know, was a coach of the, the iron. And, but then at one point he said to me, you know, did, do you know anyone who wants to coach? I'm, I'm looking for a, a full-time CrossFit coach. And at the time I was like, I don't want to be a full-time CrossFit coach. I don't think because I liked kind of the part-time CrossFit full-time nutrition thing. Um, but then it just kind of like, we just kept talking. I'm like, I think I could do it. <laughs> you know, I, I love coaching and um, helping people in any capacity. And I was like, okay, why don't we like keep talking about this? And I kept saying, that I knew if it was meant to work out, it was going to work out. And when I was road tripping back home from Reno, because I bought my car out in Reno, so I had to get it home. Um, I stopped in Boston and I, you know, met with him and hung out with some of the coaches and that kind of thing. And I was just like, yeah, I, I really like it here. I like the vibe. Josh, the owner, it seems like a really amazing guy. And um, so then I went back down, I came back down to Philadelphia and I actually went up there to do a competition with, it was like a four man competition with them, 
with a couple of the athletes in like September. And that's when it was like, okay, if I can find an apartment and if I can make this work, then let's do it. And it just kind of was like all the stars aligned. And I, I found a house, I found a roommate and I was like, all right, here we go. Another leap of faith. And I just did it. And it was, it was well worth it. <laughs> and so you've lived in like two of the most historic cities in the country, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. I have lived that gypsy life. So, so you get to Boston and you're on the team for Invictus. Well, it's funny that you say that because that was actually when, when I got there, I got there in October and it may have been like, I don't know, December, November, December, when Dave Castro announced it was going to go down to four person teams. And I, I remember part of the, the draw for me to go to Boston was to be the strong girl on the team, that third girl, that spot, they had a phenomenal gymnast. They had, they had two phenomenal gymnasts and they're, I think they're, biggest missing link just going off of their games um appearance in 2017 was like a like a barbell female and I was like yeah I got that and then it goes down to four person teams and I I kind of had this moment like okay maybe I'm gonna try to go individual I don't know I wasn't sure um and it happened to be kind of again perfect timing that um the one female on the team who happens to be jo- the, the gym owner's um, wife was just kind of like, oh, this seems like a good time for me to kind of hang up my jersey. So she actually stopped um, competing that year as well. So that's when I was like, okay, maybe I am on the team. <laughs> I definitely wasn't sure though at first. <laughs> so you do 18 with the team and then mm-hmm. 19, and I, and I, please correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard you on a podcast talk about being removed from the team in, in 19. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. We, I, like, again, I, I said, we're not inside edition. I don't need like all the gory details of that, but for context, that was a moment where you had to like decide mm. what were you going to fight back and, and be better? Or were you going to just accept that and yeah. kind of hang up your Jersey and you, right. you choose to fight, you choose to fight. And yeah. so that's what I want to focus on. Totally. That was a, um, like brutally honest. That was like a really fucking hard time in my life. Like, again, we don't need to go into the gory details, but my boyfriend had dumped me. And then a month later I was told that I wasn't going to be on the roster for the Wadapalooza team of four. Um, and I, I've said this a few times, I'm all about like, put the best on the field that like, that's my soccer analogy. If, if there's a girl better than me, put her on the field. And that's how I felt about this CrossFit thing was like, okay, if there's someone who is better than me, put, please put them out there. But I felt like there wasn't any true comparison or true test that put this person above me. So I was frustrated to say the least. I felt like I was just getting handed rejection after rejection. And um, yeah, like you said, that was like a turning point where I could, I I vividly remember being like, okay, I can choose to say like, F you guys, I'm out, leave Boston or leave the gym, go to a different gym or what have you. But I also like, I felt this like deep 
just love for that team and the people on it that I was just like, I am going to show them that I'm going to fight for my spot back. And I didn't really even know what that looked like at the time, but I knew that I didn't want to not fight. So I didn't go, I went, that was the last time I did team of three at Wadapalooza. And, um, but I made sure every time that Invictus Boston was competing, I was, I was right there in front, cheering them on front row, like would find them after, make sure they're good. Like I didn't want them to for a second, think that I wasn't right there, like rear and ready to go. Um, and then I got my shot after that. <laughs> well, and I, I think it made you a better athlete because of that fire. And in, in 2020, you have the best season you've had so far now, you know, it was already crazy with COVID and then for you, it got even crazier. Yeah. 2020 was crazy for me. It was like the beginning of it was just the best. Like I went to, well, in the end of 2019, I went to, um, Ireland and got to compete. That was the very first time I went and competed as an individual. Um, and it was like, I mean, I just didn't know. I had no idea. I had no idea where I stood. The open, not my thing. It is. And it was right after, um, it was pretty much right after the games and it was right after a different online qualifier. I just felt like I had no time to rest and recover. And usually body weight, fast, little not clouds like that are just not my thing. So I just like, didn't really know where I stacked up against the top female athletes. And I was really excited to go to Ireland and just compete and see where I fell. Um, and I was really happy with my performance there. Um, and it was actually in Ireland. I had this mo. it was like, I think it was Saturday night. We were competing all three days and Saturday night at like midnight, I had to put my registration in, pay my registration fee for strength and depth. And I had this, like, I just hit up my sponsors for Ireland. I just like, I just felt like, I don't know if I can do it. And just for some reason, I'm like, whatever, I'll do the the registration fee. If I'm out $200, if I don't go to um, England, whatever. But so I put my registration in and, um, Thank goodness I did because I obviously got back from Ireland and, you know, kept training. The funny thing is, is I don't know if a lot of people know is that I didn't have a coach. Like I didn't have a coach until I started working with Justin. Um, I had an amazing training partner in Tola, Maracanio. Um, but I never had like a one-on-one coach. I, I did have a one-on-one coach until I moved to Boston. And then it was like team training. It was just hard. So I was just sort of hopping in pretty much anything that Tola did because he was my yeah. training partner. I just did hopped on what he did. Um, and then it got to the point where I would come in the gym and I'd wait and he would write on the whiteboard what we we're doing that day and I'd do it. Um, and then Tola actually started working with Justin Kotler. And I think he started working with him like, maybe around when I went to Ireland. Um, I know he was working with him when he went to, when Tola competed at Dubai, but um, so then I was like, oh, okay. I kind of have a program now it's Tola's program, but I'm just hopping in on that. Um, 
And then I was feeling so frustrated leading into strength and depth that I, because Tola did Dubai and then he did um, Mayhem. And leading up to the competition, competition week, and then the week after was just like, he knew that he needed to be ready for the competition. Then competition week, he's gone. I'm like, I don't know what to do in the gym. Like I could probably make up a workout, but what do I do? And then when he got back, he needed to rest. So he didn't really work out. So it was almost like these like two and a half, three week chunks around those, those, um, competitions that I didn't really have any direction. And that was when I was like, I, if I'm going to, if Toll is not doing team anymore, and I'm going to do this individual thing. I need a coach. <laughs> yeah. And so it was probably just like a day or two before I went to London. I asked, I reached out to Justin because like I tagged him in things on my Instagram story. So he knew that I was following what Tola was doing, but I was just like, Hey, when I get back from strength and depth, could we potentially chat about um, you taking me on as an athlete? He actually is pretty good friends with Josh, who's the Boston Iron Invictus Boston owner. Um, so I hadn't like known who Justin was, but um, he's like, yeah, just, just go to London, go crush it. And then we'll talk when you get back. And like, if that's not, I mean, I just like, when they released the workouts for London, I was just like, okay, here we go. Very first workout of the entire weekend is a 6k run. I'm like, ugh. All right, no max lift. I'm just like, of course, in my head. And, um, but I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna just do what I trust my fitness and do what I can do. And um, obviously, it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> Ended up qualifying. It, it was one of the most exciting events I've watched. And oh. to watch your emotion at the end when you made it, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I was welling up because you could just, after following you for so long and it was just that culmination and then for it all to be kind of like taken away from you with COVID. Yeah. And so we're running out of time. So I want to, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. So then that's taken away from you and maybe we'll have you back on for a second one to, to fill in these holes, but you, you decide that you're going to go bobsled right after, like you were right on the cusp of the games. I know. How hard was that decision? Um, I, okay. So like at the time I was just like, this feels right. This feels like what the next thing is. CrossFit will always be there. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm getting old, but, um, like the, the chance to potentially like fight to be on an Olympic team. I just felt like I couldn't not do it. I felt like I would always wonder what if always, like question myself if I didn't just at least give it a go. So it was all perfect timing. It was all when I, I knew I was going to leave Boston. I knew that, um, I knew that I had, I had two paths. It was either going to be CrossFit or I was going to just kind of dive into this bobsled thing and see what happens. And I dove in, <laughs> it was at the time, not a very hard decision. Um, there have been times since then that I'm, I, I see the CrossFit world because I very much still love it and identify with it and that kind of thing, but, and have thought like, oh, 
I could be there doing that. Or like seeing the quarterfinal workouts being like, oh, that was so fun or that kind of thing. But I definitely feel like I'm in the right place where I'm meant to be for sure. So how, how has training changed from CrossFit to bobsled? Um, pretty much everything has changed. <laughs> um, it's, it was drink. Like when I went up to Lake Placid at the training center, it was like drinking from a fire hose, just like being thrown in. And it was like, here you go. Try not to drown. Um, and I, I mean, going into it, I didn't even know what I didn't know. I didn't know anything. <laughs> and being a soccer player, I feel like I, like I said earlier, I know, knew how to sprint as in like get to the ball as fast as I could, but I had zero, zero clue about sprint technique and all of that. I don't even know what like dorsiflexion on my foot meant. Like I didn't even know these things. So again, I didn't even know what I didn't know. And, um, so training has completely changed. I don't, it's, it, it has to, right. So like training for CrossFit, for one thing, you have to be just working on everything. You have to train for every single thing. You have to be able to run a six K, but you might also have to be able to run 100 meter repeats. Like who knows? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, that's why CrossFitters are in such amazing shape and are so phenomenal, but it was a transition from being good, trying to be good at everything to being very sports specific training. Um, and you've, kinda, you've talked about it somewhere about the body image thing that came with that oh, because, yeah. because that training has changed and your body actually physically changed now that you're in and you had to be okay with that. Yeah. I'm still trying to be okay with that. It's hard. I mean, we all struggle with things all the time. And I think that it'll forever be something that I, I battle with. I, I, you know, see the old pictures, even from strength and depth or like whatever it might be. And I'm like, and I remember like when I was, when I did CrossFit and looked like that, I would pick myself apart and I'm like, Oh, if only I looked like that now, but you know, it's just because I'm not, I mean, CrossFitting, I was training upwards of six hours a day. My whoop had me burning 3,500 calories some days. And now it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm burning like 2,200, it's like a high day. And so that's just like, okay, I I am eating less now. I don't need to eat 4,000 calories to support these, this training and that kind of thing. So it's definitely gone from, um, like, a shift in just more sports specific. And then, like you said, what came with that was that my body did change. I need to have a strong posterior chain and not that my legs weren't strong, but I definitely have, um, weaknesses in like my hips and stuff that I have to focus on that. And I'm not going to be like doing a ton of pull-ups. So things are going to change. And it's cool to, to know that I'm supporting what like my body can do still amazing things, but the focus has definitely needed to shift. So we, we actually had Colleen on as well, Colleen Fosh. Um, And she talked about how for the first time in her career, she was, she had a body type that fit the sport perfectly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure you have the same feeling like you were big for a CrossFitter, right? Tall and, and, 
And now that's what they want in bobsledding. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like, I, the only time that I was like kind of worried about actual number of body weight was when I wanted to make myself as a brakeman accessible to any pilot who wanted to, to race with me. And there was one pilot who her and I actually weighed closer to the same amount. And I was just a little bit higher than where I needed to be. So I needed to do a little cut, but it has never been like, and, and then I have another pilot who's like, eat all of it, eat all of it because <laughs> have to there is a weight component when it comes to bobsled and um the heavier I was for this pilot the less we had to put weight into the sled so less you're trying to push and that kind of thing so it's been kind of amazing to be surrounded by other like just solid athletes and solid by yes like athletes um but also that like I'm not trying to you know, shrink down so that I can do 15 unbroken ring muscle-ups and something like that. So it definitely, that has been like a, almost like a breath of fresh air. (laughs) So what was it like to have Colleen as a fellow CrossFitter? I know you guys didn't really know each other going into bobsled, but to actually like have someone that you could communicate with in a CrossFit way. Well, Colleen is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. I remember, like, like you said, I didn't know who she, I knew who she was, but we didn't know each other. We had actually never competed at the same competition. So I never even like was next to her in a lane or anything like that. I remember seeing her at Wadapalooza when I went after I qualified, I just went to watch. And I remember watching her work out and I was like, dang, she's solid. <laughs> um, but like, I didn't know who she was. I, um, you know, as a human being, didn't know her. And when I found out she was going to be in Lake Placid, I think the first part of me was like, wait, why? (laughs) Stop. This is like, I want to do this. Like you're so strong, but obviously we all probably have those feelings when it comes to competing against people and stuff. But I am so grateful that she, that she was in this whole thing with me. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've confided in her in bobsled things in life things. And just what we were just kind of talking about the whole like body image and change from CrossFit to this, like we've, it literally is, I mean, we're obviously on our own journeys, but it's like the same path almost like she was going through some of the same things that I was. So I like, can't say enough how grateful her friendship has been in the last like seven months because I just think like thank god she was there I I actually call her the snack queen oh yeah Yeah. she actually is even more so than me she's very good at snack one of my favorite um vlogs of hers is when you and her went shopping and she's pulling all the stuff out of the bags and you're just like what yeah She's yeah. very good. She fine, but she's also like, I would say that she has a little bit more self-control than I do. Okay. <laughs> like she can buy the chips and weigh the chips out and just eat those chips. Like I can't buy the snacks because I'll just eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. There we go. Yeah. Um, so Bye. you've been doing this for what, seven, eight months now. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel your it's going like, 
you, you started with a fire hose. Where are you yeah. now? Garden okay. hose. So <laughs> after season was over in March, everything, I feel like everything is weird because of COVID. So normally we would have team trials in October, but um, there's the Beijing test event got moved to October. It was meant to be in March. So we had team trials in March, um, which is everything's just, I feel like backwards and upside down. But um, after team trials in March, I felt like I was finally able to kind of like take a breath and like sit down and figure out like almost like a plan. Um, reflect, I was actually just today reflecting on the fact that like, even though I was lifting and that kind of thing, I wasn't on any like solid program because it was so variable. Our schedule would change at a drop of a hat. You'd be sliding one day and you would be sprinting one day, but then things had to change. You had to flip flop and you didn't have gym access and you did. And it was just like, I know I didn't have any, like form any sense of consistency that like when I was deadlifting today, I'm like, why is this so hard? But <laughs> my coach was like, we, when was the last time you deadlifted? Like a five by five. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, but now it's technically off season training. And I have actually like Colleen and I have talked a lot about this, that it's like freaking finally we get to like, not like we get to have our routine, but we get to work with someone on what we know will help us push a bobsled fast. And we didn't even know going into it. I sure didn't know what I even needed to work on. And I didn't really have access to anyone who was going to help me right then and there become a better sprinter. Like that was not, it's just like, I was just in season. Like, you're just like, you're in it now. So now I get to actually like break everything down and work on my explosiveness and my speed. And I still get to lift, which is great. Um, but also kind of checking my ego at the door of the weight room, because it's like, I'm not doing these things that I used like, I'm not going to power clean 255 pounds. I'm not going to squat 370 anymore. It's like, I, all that I care about right now is doing things in order to be fast, to push a bobsled fast. <laughs> so I have two more questions and we have a rapid fire segment. Okay. So and then I still have like two pages of notes. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just do these for today. Okay. And that is one. How exciting is it going down the hill at that speed in a sled? Um, it is addicting. That the adrenaline, like the rush is addicting. I am terrified every single time I'm like going up to take our run. And then at the bottom, I'm like, let's go. Let's do it again. I love it. <laughs> And like leaving Lake Placid, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like going to be the summer. I'm not going to be able to go down the track again until next year. And it's kind of like, oh shoot. Cause you do get kind of addicted to it. And I said like to my coach just the other day, like, I'm a little crazy. Like everyone, I feel like all bobsledders are kind of crazy. Like you have to be a little bit, but then I was also reflecting like, yeah, well, CrossFitters are crazy too. So, yeah. you know, it's probably the same, same. So here's my last question. And we yeah. talked about it briefly that you studied marketing mm -hmm. and that your social media game is tight. <laughs> and I think that why that's impressive is your sponsors 
have really kind of stuck by you through the transformation from CrossFit to bobsled. That is amazing that you have cultivated that relationship. Yeah. Have you got more sponsors since you've moved over? That's a good question. Um, first thing, like I don't sign a contract with any company unless I already know that I like the product I've been using it. So like junk headbands, when I first started CrossFit, I just was wearing headbands because I got so sweaty. And then it just kind of like the relationship evolved. Same with Fleo, like it's comfortable. I love it. And it just, the relationship of, well, I mean, I've been wearing Fleo since I started CrossFitting. And so I feel like all of the relationships have been super organic, which I really appreciate and I love. And they are okay with how picky I am about posting and that kind of thing that I feel like our relationships are, are amazing in that way. Um, I have gotten more sponsors since leaving CrossFit, which is also kind of astounding to me. I didn't have a supplement sponsor um, when BPN reached out and that kind of, that whole relationship started post CrossFit, um, as did direct hemp. So it's, it's pretty cool that, um, even though I'm not in that CrossFit space necessarily competing wise, um, that people still, and that was a big, that was a big fear of mine for sure. And it's, I think that's always kind of going to be something that I'm like a little bit nervous about. Like, even if I transition to something else next, like who knows what's going to happen, but like just having those, those relationships built. And even if I'm not like a sponsor, it's a product that I still love and use that I'm sure even on the next thing, I'll still love and use these products. It's not like if I'm not getting, if I'm not going to get paid, I'm not going to use it type of deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that aspect just fascinates me. I have a master's in business and I love mm. the business aspect of that. Yes. So yeah. I'm going to hit you with like 10 rapid fire questions oh, and then we'll finish it up. You ready? Yeah, I think so. Pre-workout or coffee? Coffee. What's your favorite? What's your go-to coffee drink? Uh, just hazel, hazelnut coffee with coffee mate creamer and some Splenda. <laughs> Favorite thing to do with Oliver? Uh, snuggle. <laughs> there you go. Favorite movie? Oh, Harry Potter. <laughs> All of them or just one? Uh, well, the third one's my favorite. Third one. Goblet of Fire? Um, Prisoner yeah. of Ad. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, early morning or late night? Early morning. Favorite lift? Mm clean favorite thing to do in philly oof walk the benjamin franklin bridge cheesesteak or pretzel pretzel gosh i love those pretzels (laughs) (laughs) and you can't get them anywhere else (laughs) favorite tattoo um this one on my shoulder that says energy or on my chest okay First tattoo. Uh, one on my side that says the universe doesn't punish you for being afraid. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> Most painful tattoo. Um, oof. maybe like right here on my wrist. That was like, that was pretty brutal. All right. Last show you binged. Oh my gosh, what was the last one? Oh, uh, the morning show. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of that. Oh, I've seen it. 
Oh my gosh, it was so good. Yeah, I binged Big it with my daughter. Again, so, yeah. Uh, favorite snack? Oh, probably chips. Tortilla or like potato? Tortilla. Yeah. I make homemade tortilla chips in the air fryer so that I can like track them completely and less <laughs> fatty and. But yeah, any kind of tortilla chip. Really. I need that recipe. Uh, I can actually tell you it's really quick. You just cut up corn tortillas. You spray it with like the cooking spray and put some salt and put them in the air fryer. But you got to watch them because it they go from perfect to very burnt very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you put it in the air fryer? What temp? I don't know. You don't know? I just kind of watch it. Maybe okay. 370 for like seven minutes. Seven All to right. 10 Last one, best workout song. Um, one of my favorite songs to work out to is Run This Town. That was actually our walkout song at Elmira. And it's just, I just love it. Good throwback. Awesome. Well, that's it. You're done. Cool. This is so fun. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Again, you've been on my wish list for a year. <laughs> I'm so glad we got you. Um, and thank you so much for, for the, all the stories. That was great. Of course. I probably chatted your ear off a little bit more than we didn't get to any of those other notes, but it was fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with the Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.